Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody, hope you're well, it's Nikki here. Hope you're having a good week, whatever you're doing. And today is Thursday. I keep losing track of time this week. It seems to be disappearing very fast. I'm having a great week doing lots of coaching, meeting lots of new people, networking, finding out more about myself, finding out more about communication and conversations, interacting with people from all over the world at the moment and learning more about communicating in culture. But today we are going to focus on how to speak to your teenagers so they will listen to you. Those of you with teenage children or adolescents or those coming into pre-teens, as Meg likes to tell me at the age of 11, she is a pre-teenager, then this podcast will help you deal with those difficult conversations. I don't know about you, but sometimes I watch Megan growing up and she seems to be changing every day, let alone every month. I'm also quite conscious that she's starting to push back on some of my beliefs and my values because she's learning and developing herself and perhaps you can relate to that perhaps you used to have a child that would hug you at the end of school and before school and at every opportunity and tell you how lovely you were and that they loved you and suddenly now the only communication and conversation you generally are having is a slammed door a you don't understand me and a tutting or laughing at what <laughs> what you say. Now, if you can relate to any of that, or perhaps you and your partner have different ideas on how to bring up your child or bring up your teenager, sometimes we find in life that men are harder on their sons for whatever reason, and women are more likely to be on the son's side and sometimes that causes conflict as well between partners or if you are the single parent bringing up your child and it might be difficult for you because you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off or when you speak to your parents they give you very strong values and belief based opinions of their own which you don't find particularly helpful or they might just intrude into your life where well, sometimes we find family and friends like to give their opinion and their advice when actually we don't need it we just need to be listened to and there are especially in America there's lots of parenting workshops they don't seem to be so popular in the UK they're very popular in Denmark and in Holland where parents are able to get together and speak to each other about how they are getting on and to reflect their hopes and their fears and actually just to be told they're perfectly normal because sometimes we worry so much about bringing our children up the fears that we have about the world that we live in, who they're mixing with, what could possibly happen next. And all of this is quite overwhelming. And then if you're met by a, a conversation or a communication from your child, which is then also very difficult and you're not sure what's going on, you don't understand their behavior. And when they say, you know, you don't understand me, perhaps you don't. And we're going to actually look at that phrase, understand, because it's one of the worst things that you can say to people, especially when they don't feel that they're being listened to and that you don't understand them. So if you can relate to any of those uh, challenges that I've mentioned there, then this podcast is definitely for you. I'm going to be doing some workshops locally to where I live uh, around this exact subject 
of how to talk to your teenagers, uh, how to communicate with your partners and your family. And also it's about you and being happy. A lot of the time we label this period, uh, I'm doing inverted commas, although none of you can see me because it's a podcast, but you know, we label this period of all oh, the difficult years, all oh, the challenging years. And actually, if we take some time out to understand what is going on for our teenager, it might also help us to find a way to communicate th- with them better. And if we re- reflect on our own teenage lives, I mean, I was a horror of, I said in some of my previous podcasts, you know, my poor old mum sat me wa- down one day and said, I really think we should go and see a child psychologist. How do you feel about that? And of course, I didn't want to see a child psychologist. To be honest, I probably didn't even know what a child psychologist was. I had, um, I was a difficult teenager. I was always on the cusp of being naughty or bad, but had a conscience that never stepped over the line, if that makes sense. So I always wanted a feeling of belonging. I was very confused in my teenage years felt I needed a feeling of belonging, probably started smoking. So I used to smoke to, you know, look cool in the days where you could sit on the back of the bus and have a cigarette and look super cool. Um, uh, And for any teenagers that are listening to this, I can genuinely say that it was the biggest mistake of my life, smoking, because before I knew it, I was addicted and then spent the next 30 years trying to give it up. Thankfully, I have been not having, touching cigarettes for the last 20 years, of which I'm very grateful And we all turn to different things for different reasons. And mine was because I wanted to fit in. Without a shadow of a doubt, it was that whole belonging aspect. And that belonging aspect is very, very high when you are a child and when you are a teenager especially. So let's talk a little bit about what happens. And then I'll give you some tips on how to deal with those conversations with uh, the people that you love in your life but might not like on a day-to-day basis. So let's get started. We know that teenagers' brains are different. We know that. We know that as you are in your formative years, as you're reaching up to puberty and adolescence, then your brain is learning, 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 and you're having neurons growing in your brain. This is a very, very basic level for anybody who has a much more in-depth level listening to this. Please forgive me. It's a basic level of um, psychology and what's going on in your brain, just so that you can understand it a little bit more. But basically, the neurons and the dentrists that in your brain are forming, and you're learning lots of new experiences. And if you look at the psychology around where your values and beliefs come from, you know, they talk about the formative years, your very early years before the age of seven, where a lot of what you hear, a lot of what you see actually forms your opinion and how you behave. You know, you're learning in those years massively so how to eat, how to walk, how to talk, how to interact how to understand other people, how to read other people, the emotional expressions, all of those things are going on before that age. And you're learning an awful lot and your neurons are growing. But what happens is they filter themselves. So they will shave themselves off so you can still have the capacity for some more learning. And then as you begin between about the ages of 8 and 12, you start to interact with other people. So you get other opinions. And not only do you get their opinions at school, but you also get the opinions of their siblings. Because remember, if your child is going to school with other children with older siblings, they're going to have their opinions. And they'll start to use language and and they come home and you're like, where on earth has that come from? Because I've never said that and I've never heard that. And they'll use expressions which will make you smile and make you laugh. And when you smile and laugh, they'll be like, what, what, what are you laughing at? 
and they won't understand <laughs> what they're saying. And often they don't understand the tone that they're using either. So we point out how sometimes they might be coming across in an aggressive way rather than in a questioning way. And they might not even know that. So we find that you end up kind of coaching your child around the social norms or the social norms where you live as well, because culture forms a massive part of how you will communicate with your teenagers and how you expect them to behave. We're very different here in the UK compared to the rest of Europe. In fact, I'll just um, completely sidetrack, but on a on that similar note, I was talking to a um, a friend, a lady who we, we coach each other who, and she lives in Denmark and I'm creating some videos for this uh, series of workshops that I'm doing and we were holding each other accountable to how many we would hold and she said, would you like some feedback? Now, my initial reaction, of course, if you've listened to my podcast, you always know that I come from a position of no, especially if it's taking me out of my comfort zone. So I initially said, no, but yes, of course I do. So she laughed and she said, okay, now do you want honest feedback or do you want UK feedback and I laughed at this as well because of course in the UK we're very reserved about giving honest feedback we don't like to have those honest emotional conversations and you know that I'm all about honest emotional conversations because that's how we create our lives and move forward with our lives if we're not having honest conversations, then we're having conversations in our head without clarifying them with the other person and it causes all sorts of turmoil for us. And often when we have difficult decisions to make, and I've seen that a lot over the last few weeks uh, with people I've been speaking to, is that until we have those conversations and move forward, it stops us from living our lives and stops us from making those really important decisions. So, yes, that was, so that was interesting to hear her say how, you know, if she was critiquing somebody who she didn't know in the UK, her feedback would be very different than if she was critiquing somebody from Holland, for example. Anyway, that's an aside. So back to the uh, talking to your teenager. They're very interesting, all about conversations and having those honest conversations. So we know that after the age of 12, the values and beliefs start to become more prevalent from your child's own experience. So in the initial stages, they will pretty much copy you, um, what you do, and they will learn everything from you and your immediate family and their immediate friends. As they get older and that eight to 12, they'll start to learn from their friends at school. They'll p start to pick up different language. They'll start to be incredibly influenced by teachers. So any teachers that are listening to this uh, who, who are, are not aware of the massive influence that you are having on children's lives, um, please don't underestimate that because when they come back from school, they have all these new ideas and, and pretty much, you know, when I sit down with Meg and give her a different idea, she'll tell me that that's wrong because the teacher has told her a different way of doing it, which I find, again, very interesting. And like, I'm sure as she grows throughout the years, she'll get her own experiences and, and she'll come back to me. And sometimes when I tell her my opinion, and it, I get that it is my opinion formed by my own values and beliefs, she will go and double check that. So we were listening to the radio th the other day and it was, they were talking about the, uh, this weird experience that p they were having whereby they were thinking about things and then suddenly an advert would appear on one of their social media accounts. They hadn't Googled it. They just talked to a friend of about it. And I said to her, oh, I think I know what that is. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, so it's when you focus on a specific subject, you suddenly become aware of it. So, for example, if you're looking to buy a new car, you're not consciously aware that you have probably passed the same car on your journey thousands of times. But when you start to look for a new car, you suddenly see it everywhere. 
And that's how your, your subconscious and conscious mind works. So when you start to focus on things, that's what you become. And it's all to do with the conscious and unconscious mind and psychology. Anyway, they came up with the answer, which was pretty much what I had told her. And she kind of like looked at me and was like, hmm, okay. So she has got now confirmation that what I was saying was right. So remember, it's like they're scientists. This was the best way I've seen it described in a book. Is uh, Kids are scientists, especially when they're younger, and they want to check that they're going to get the same response from you every time they do the same action. And that's often why they will push the door on the why three times. So you know, you, kids are always saying why, 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 why as they're learning and they're growing because they're testing. They're testing to see if the, you, they get the same response from different people or from you in the same factor to make sure. It's like an experiment for them to make sure that they know what that means and how, that, how they are supposed to behave in a specific way around that. And then they hit the teenage years, whereby they have a lot more experiences. You know, they have more independence. They are going out. They're a lot more um, biased towards their friends. So if their friend has a strong opinion about something, they are more likely to listen to it than they are to you. And this is where we get the conflict, because you are very set in your ways as an adult. Very set in your ways. Probably past the age of 24, 25, when you're front uh, lobe is fully formed in your brain and you have like your emotional intelligence and your experiences then you're going to start to live your life in, in specific routines which you already do and that's a whole a whole uh, podcast in itself is how we live into our routines but so when you're having that conflict remember it's because they are challenging your values and belief system and that, that also works when you get advice from the grandparents or the auntie, the uncle, you know, whoever it is that's giving you advice around parenting is they are coming at it from their values and beliefs. And the conflict will arise when they differ from you. So when they differ from you, what you want, and they're telling you what to do, or you perceive it that they're telling you what to do and giving you advice, then you're going to get the conflict. And you're going to get the conflict from your teenager in exactly the same way. Now, teenage body clocks are different. This has been proven right across the world around the teenage body is different. It's on a different time zone. So they're more likely to stay up later and then get up later. And in fact, if, if I reflect myself on my own teenage years, you know, I was well in bed by um, up until midday. I think that's why my mum got made me get a job at the age of 14 straight away to take on that responsibility and I'm glad she did to be honest but yeah so when your teenager is still in bed at lunchtime this is perfectly normal behavior and of course we as adults are going to say things like oh god you're so lazy what are you still doing in bed why are you still in bed at this time you've missed half the day but that makes no sense to them because their body is telling them they are tired and they're sleeping for a lot longer and they're going to stay up later. And then they're in the vicious cycle of staying up later. And then you try and get them up early. Now, in America, some schools are actually starting at 10 a.m. And they found that the attendance rate and the grades have gone up because of this. Because teenagers are not designed to get out of bed at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Whatever we think as parents. And especially if we've got some sort of military, military or policing background as myself, you know, we've got some pretty strong ideas around values and beliefs around time and getting up early and all that goes with that and what we believe to be true around that. So remember that their body clock is different. Their neurons are growing and learning still, but they're not trimming back. So they have a lot going on in their minds. They now have hormones racing through their body as well. And when they say to you, 
you don't understand me. It's actually the do not understand themselves. So they're coming at life from a whole new point of view. They're not an adult. They're not a child. They're struggling probably with where they fit in life. And they're being heavily influenced by outside factors as they get their own experience. And they listen and observe their peers a lot more than they are listening and observing you. And this is where you become the embarrassment, which I keep saying to Meg is a um, parent's prerogative, obviously, to be an embarrassment. But actually, we are just us and uh, not trying to embarrass our kids, but because of the way that we are, they feel that they have to be embarrassed by us just to fit in with their friends. Um, And that whole sense of belonging, and it's difficult. You know, I look back on my teenage years and it was difficult. I'm really pleased that I joined the police cadets at the age of 18 because, to be honest, I was lost, confused and still finding my place in life. Having fun, don't get me wrong, but always feeling quite out of sorts and not really understanding where I was. And just having constant arguments with my mum because she had her values and beliefs. And bless her, you know, when I look back, I've apologised a thousand times. I'll apologise again now. Sorry, mum, for giving you such a hard time. Because on reflection, you know, that was a tough time for her, a really tough time. And so there are ways of dealing with it through conversations and communication, which we'll cover now. So the first one is remember that most of your conversations with your teenagers when they press your buttons will be from an emotional perspective. That means you are being driven by your emotional brain. They are being driven by their emotional brain. And you're both going to say and do things that you do not mean. And they genuinely don't think you understand them. When you listen to them and reflect back the language and label their emotions, they will see that you are doing the best that you can to understand where they're coming from. If you say, I understand you, expect pushback. Expect the, you do not understand me. You know, I've spoken to, uh, I I can't even give you a number, but many, many, many people in crisis, over hundreds of people in crisis. uh, And every time somebody says to them, I understand, they're right back at them. In fact, I was watching a program the other day. Um, It is, oh, it was called Save Me. And it was about a child being kidnapped. And the police officer said to the mum, I I get this is TV, but this happens in real life as well, uh, said to the mum, I understand what you're going through. And her words were, no, you don't. And I actually respected you more for saying that you didn't understand before and now you've said that you know that 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 kind of is very disappointing for me that you said that um and i've watched lots of people in negotiations say i understand what you're going through to be met with no you don't and that's an immediate reaction same as calm down you ever if you've ever been told to calm down or someone or or you have said that to anybody you get that immediate reaction of i am calm so there are two phrases to avoid I understand you and calm down. Remember that the conversation is likely to be emotional and if you can understand how you are in emotions, you can walk away from it and come back to it. So if you are having a very challenging conversation, it's probably because both of your emotions are high. So if we take your teenager coming back home after a late night out and they are very drunk, you've been worried out of your mind because they are three hours late You've been texting them and phoning them and getting no response. And every worst possible scenario is going through your head now. And then they turn up on the door as if nothing has happened. Your likely response, I'm going to suggest, and, you know, this is 
obviously my point of view and maybe it's just me that would respond like this but because my emotions are high and I was so worried I'm likely to be very angry very frustrated and when I see that the uh, teenager is drunk I'm likely to have a go at them and say look at the state of you do you not know how worried I've been you're so inconsiderate where have you been you're you're grounded you're never going out again and of course the response I'm going to get from that if depending on if they're drunk or if they're sober or if they're emotional, is, is going to be pushed back straight away. It's going to be pushed back. So we can change that message by taking our emotion out of it and getting get, getting a, a grip, being in control of our own emotion. Um, because, ladies and gents, the only thing you can control is your emotion. You can't control any other factors around you, but you can control how you're thinking about it, which will control how you're feeling about it. So you can reframe that into... I have been super worried about you because we agreed that you would come home at 11 p.m. and it's 1 a.m. now. And I didn't know where you were or what had happened to you. And then we can leave it. So you've told them how you feel. Or you can um, use stronger language than that. You know, I feel really angry that you're standing there as n- if nothing has happened because I have been pacing up and down for the last three hours, trying to get hold of you, had no idea what had happened to you, and I was really worried about you. So again, that responsibility for your own emotion, but telling them how you feel, having that honest conversation, having the honest conversation around, you know, it's, this is not acceptable to me that you have, I've stayed up, and the reason, I, and, and you might get that pushback of, oh, I never asked you to stay up, um, but they'll know how you feel, and you've said it in an adult non-confrontational, non-emotional way. We talked about values and beliefs and your expectations of people and how you manage your own values and beliefs. So just remember, every time you have those emotional conversations, it's probably because they are going against something you believe to be true. So once the emotion has gone from the conversation, have a think about it. Have a think about, okay, what was that? Why were my buttons pressed? Why was I frustrated? Why was I angry about that? What value, what belief was... um, being challenged because once you can identify that then you can stop it from happening in the future or certainly know that it's happening and the more self-aware you are the easier it is to change your communication style or your conversation which then takes the heat out of conversations with your teenagers now I am not saying this is easy ladies and gents I really am not what I'm I'm getting you to do is become more self-aware so you're more in control of yourself so that you don't have that constant battle going on. Then we look at how you can uh, deal with the pushback because you will get pushback. And the temptation sometimes is to say, oh God, well, you clearly know best and use that sarcastic adult tone of voice. And what happens when we do that is we get met with resistance. Again, we get met with resistance by the teenager, by the child because we're not appearing to understand what they're saying to us so if somebody displays a lot of emotion to us like if if a child comes home from school and says to you i had a really bad day today somebody you know somebody called me ugly now our immediate reaction is to say oh my god you're not ugly you're beautiful and i love you very much to build back their confidence but that's our opinion now if they have a belief that is going on around i'm not fitting in and people think I'm ugly, then that is 
that is a strong belief for them to have. And by us just covering it over with what we believe to be true, we're not dealing with the underlying issue and we're not showing that other person that we understand their emotion. So another way of dealing with that would be to say, wow, that sounds like you've had a really tough day or that's really affected you. Well, gosh, you, you, you're taking that really personally. I can see how much that has made you, made you sad. And then we can go into the conversation rather than that immediate, you know, that immediate reaction of, no, you're not, you're beautiful. And when we're giving praise, if we praise somebody for the actual action and tell them what we're praising them for, then, then they understand that as well. So I hope those points have helped you. Remember, it's your emotions, your values and beliefs that you can express your emotion and how you're feeling, but in a non-emotional, non-confrontational way. So good luck with all of that. I hope you have a great week, whatever you're doing. If you've got any questions, please let me know. And the only thing I would ask is I try to give you as much value as I possibly can in these podcasts. If you could just take a few minutes out of your day to leave a review for me on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, I'd be really grateful. It then just helps me to get my my message, all about me, of course, but it helps me to get the message across to more people and to help others who might be having a difficult time in their relationships or their conversations or are, you know, looking for a new way to do things and just to make life a bit easier really okay so that's my little plea over with thanks very much for listening i really appreciate it and i will speak to you again soon hey everybody nikki again hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me you can find me on social media at nikki comms coach at twitter and the communication coach on facebook and the communicationcoach.co.uk please like share and review And I look forward to speaking to you soon.